Hello and welcome to Strat News Global. I am Subrat Nanda and joining me is Ranjit Rai, former Indian ambassador to Nepal to discuss the recent political developments in the Himalayan state. Ambassador Rai, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Nepal Supreme Court reinstating the lower house for the second time in five months and installing Sheikh Bahadur Diuba as prime minister. How big a setback is this for KP Sharma Oli? Well, it's certainly a very significant uh, setback because Oli is no longer prime minister and he has been replaced by Sheikh Bahadur Diuba. So it's really a landmark decision of the Supreme Court. Uh, which upholds uh, and protects the constitution. And I think this decision should be welcomed uh, by everyone. In his address to the nation, Oli said despite being the people's choice, he has to quit. He also accused the Supreme Court of siding with the opposition. Any merit in those accusations or is he being a sole loser? I don't think so. I think Oli has brought this upon himself. Certainly Oli was the people's choice and you know, the party under his leadership had secured almost a two-thirds majority in the last election. So he was in an unassailable position. Unfortunately, he couldn't manage the other political leaders within his own party. And there were a lot of problems largely stemming from what his colleagues said was his autocratic behavior, not willing to consult with others, also in matters with regard to appointments, etc. So there were a lot of problems and, you know, these could have been resolved through dialogue and negotiation, but this didn't happen. And so the situation uh, was quite unprecedented. And, you know, the Supreme Court has only upheld the Constitution. And, you know, this judgment is very, very significant because uh, this is for the first time that the Prime Minister has been directly appointed uh, by the Supreme Court. This is for the first time that the Supreme Court has said that the decisions of the president of Nepal are subject to judicial review. And if they find that uh, decisions are not in conformity with the Constitution, then the Supreme Court will correct those decisions. And they have stated that this is precisely what they have done because the procedures uh, for dissolution of the House that are listed in the constitution of Nepal were not followed. As you just said, in the 20, in the last elections, the left alliance got a thumping majority three years down the line. Is it a betrayal of the public mandate? I think a question that uh, the people of Nepal have to judge whether the promises made in terms of well-being and prosperity uh, of Nepal, Samridh Nepal, Sukhi Nepali, this was a slogan given by K.P. Oli. He had also made promises about bringing, you know, the railway to Nepal, bringing ships into Nepal, etc. So there were a lot of promises made. But my sense is that, you know, partly because of the internal problems within Oli's party, and of course, you know, for the last year because of the pandemic, no great strides have been possible uh, on the economic agenda. Uh, so, you know, one could say that, uh, you know, he was unable to deliver on, you know, some of the promises uh, that he had made. With Deuba taking over, is the instability in Nepal's politics since December last year now over or can there be more churn? Well, this depends on a lot of factors because Prime Minister Deuba now needs to prove that he has the confidence of the House within 30 days. 
if the 146 members cutting across party lines that had supported him vote in his favor, uh, then he will certainly, uh, you know, bring a stable government. Uh, but whether this happens or not remains to be seen. He needs 136 uh, votes uh, to become prime minister. If he's unable to achieve this threshold support, then uh, he would uh, obviously lose the confidence of the House, uh, in which case, according to Article 76 of the Nepali Constitution, he will have to recommend to the president uh, to dissolve the House yet again and go in for elections. So right now, it, whether he provides a stable government or not will depend uh, on these factors. And adding to his trouble now, you have Madhav Kuban Nepal saying he no longer supports the opposition alliance. That means 26 MPs less. Precisely. Uh, I think if you reduce 20, uh, 23 from 146, he has about 123. He needs the support another 13 or 14 members of parliament uh, to sail through his a vote of confidence. Uh, and now the Supreme Court has said uh, that under Clause 76.5 of the Constitution, uh, this is the clause under which Oli has been, uh, Prime Minister Deuba has been sworn in. Members of Parliament are free uh, support or oppose any uh, prime ministerial candidate and that party whips will not apply. So I think we have to wait and see uh, what happens uh, to the vote of confidence. India-Nepal ties under Oli dip to a new low. What are the reasons? I think there are several reasons. Uh, and, you know, these go back a couple of years from the time that uh, the new constitution of uh, Nepal was being drafted in 2015. Uh, you know, Oli took a very strident uh, position against an inclusive constitution. Uh, he started whipping up anti-India nationalism. Uh, this was the plank that he used to you know, propel himself into this thumping victory, as you called it, in 2017. Uh, and thereafter, he undertook a series of steps, you know, uh, created an artificial boundary dispute uh, between India and Nepal, started mocking Indian national symbols, uh, you know, our national emblem, for instance. Yeah. Uh, you know, he asserted that Lord Ram was born in, in Nepal, uh, not in India, that yoga was developed in Nepal, not in India. So a series of uh, comments and remarks uh, like this, I think, uh, you know, vitiated the uh, relationship uh, between the two countries. Uh, also, you know, he really facilitated the entry of China in a very big way uh, into Nepal in 2015-16 and more recently during his tenure uh, that has just ended. So... We have seen that the Chinese uh, Communist Party, for instance, uh, Chinese uh, officials became very deeply involved in Nepal's internal political issues, especially uh, with respect to the Communist Party. So I think all these uh, developments were certainly not looked upon uh, favorably by India and led to a considerable cooling of relations uh, last year. Under Deuba, what can we expect in terms of bilateral ties? Well, you know, Deuba, Prime Minister Deuba is very well known to us. Uh, you know, India has worked well in the past, not only with the Nepali Congress, but with all political parties in Nepal. And our only goal is to promote uh, India-Nepal ties, to support all efforts for political stability, you know, democratic uh, and inclusive democracy in Nepal. So I think uh, our ties and, you know, we have to work with any government that is there in power. 
because our interests in Nepal are so significant. You know, it doesn't really matter whether the government is of one political color or the other. We have to work with all governments. And I'm confident that our relations with the Deuba government will be strong. Will the new government there be able to balance the China factor? Well, you know, there is a difference in perception of China. Nepal doesn't have the same perception of China as India does. And, you know, India's perceptions have become even more uh, salient, especially after the Chinese uh, incursions uh, in Ladakh. Uh, From Nepal's perspective, they see themselves uh, as sandwiched between two large neighboring countries. And, you know, China is their northern neighbor. So the the Nepalese want to have good relations uh, with China. And, uh, of course, Nepalese leaders say that there is no country that can substitute India in in Nepal because the nature of the relationship, the range of issues that we cover in the relationship, the cultural, religious, other similarities, that there is no comparison. But on balance, uh, over the last few years, the trend we notice is of Chinese presence expanding uh, in Nepal, both in terms of investments, in terms of tourism and people-to-people contacts, but above all in terms of the connectivity projects that are being undertaken under the Belt and Road uh, Initiative. Most recently, uh, you know, the Chinese have started a subgroup of South countries and meetings have taken place at uh, minister and deputy minister level. I was reading that the Chinese have established a center for poverty alleviation in South Asia, in Chongqing, So clearly, Chinese uh, role influence is increasing. And I think this is something that India not only needs to monitor, but would also have to develop a strategy, you know, to address the challenges uh, that uh, this development poses. On that note, Ambassador, thanks very much for your time. Thank you.